It's that time in the show, Tuesdays and Thursdays, when we get all the goods and the gossip out of uh, Ottawa. And for that, we turn to Tom Korski, who is the managing editor over at Black Locks Reporter. Hello. Happy Thanksgiving to you. Oh, thank you, Alex, and you as well. Well, we give thanks for the story that just keeps giving, because finally now there's reporting on the whole who changed the date and tried to fool a judge about uh, something in Marco Mendicino's office. And this is something that his office is categorically denying, that they did not change anything on any form before, um, you know, a federal judge during this uh, in, you know trademark infringement case. And Marco Mendicino is certainly not talking. They are going to have committee hearings on this. But they're saying, look, look, it was just it was a mistake. Oops. No, I don't think so. Um, but they'll try because the alternative is to tell. Because the they always truth. do I'm and sorry. they get away with it. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, that's the candid. reality. I mean, uh, yeah, the, 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 the nightmare scenario is to tell the truth. Yeah. And the truth is the, uh, the documents make it absolutely clear. They tried to pull a fast one and they got caught. And they deserve to get caught because it was crude and it was unfair and it lacked accountability. That's also illegal. And, uh, and, and well, there is that, isn't there, <laughs> about, about, <laughs> yeah. uh, about attempting to lie and mislead a federal judge. Judges but don't like that, know, by the way. They really don't. And, and you know something, the ratepayers who pay for the court shouldn't like it either. The Mendicino today is now getting this statement out to uh, us and others. Exactly that. I, I was busy working on the economy in my office. I was shocked, shocked to, to learn what had occurred. Naturally, I'm disappointed. Unnamed persons are responsible, not me. I just work here. Good luck with that. I can tell you, though, you mentioned there will be uh, some inference of committee hearings on this. Prime Minister's office is trying to get in front of this. Uh, they sense danger here, as they should, because... We can't have this. You and I have talked about this, Alex. There has to be a limit on the shenanigans. Shenanigans cannot go on ad infinitum because then it's jungle law and it's chaos and everyone gets excited. Mendicino has so much to answer for, I don't know where to begin. Right. And of course, this committee will be, um, it, it's, it, it will play in, in the favor of the liberals because they have stacked the committee so that they can shut it down at, at any given time. And so, you know, becomes a question of how much information will Mendocino and his office put forward. We know that they're great with the black marketer when it comes to redactions and that because we've seen it time and time again when it comes to the emergency convoy and the emergencies act that was uh, brought in. And, um, you know, that starts Thursday. I'm sure Mark Mendocino is very busy trying to figure out how to walk back all of the things he said. And um, one of the problems with that, uh, Tom, is that, you know, the, the committee hearings on that were supposed to get all sorts of information promised to them and all the information handed over was it was completely redacted. And so we can't get transparency from a government that says it's transparent, but clearly is not. It's shocking. This is the Joint Committee of the House and Senate, not too many of those, uh, that has been since last uh, winter undertaking its investigation of what occurred. Specifically, why did Cabinet invoke the Emergencies Act? Not to be confused with the judicial inquiry you mentioned. So these two parallel investigations. In the case of the MPs and senators, they did. They got a, a documents. They compelled by motion. You didn't have a choice. They had the Cabinet had to answer it. And they sent over a bunch of, of documents, as uh, one block MP, uh, M. Fortin, said, look at how ridiculous this is. He held up the page after page after page, censored. This is cabinet censoring records from a parliamentary 
committee that's investigating cabinet. Oh, that's mm-hmm. so clever. They're the Napoleons of crime. They dig. They, they really, they outsmarted everyone on this one, Alex. Come on. Uh, you mentioned the judicial inquiry. By the way, the witness list just out one-fifth of the cabinet is going to testify Ooh. under oath, under threat of... Oh, do we have dates? We have names... When's the Prime uh, Minister and Christopher Freeland and Mr. Mendes? No, they're Just still working on scheduling, oh. yes. So we oh. see Marco, come on down. Bill Blair, the Prime Minister, of course, Miss Freeland, uh, Transport Minister Algabra, Attorney General Dave Lametti, testifying under oath as to why he saw a national emergency. That's a keeper. Intergovernmental mm. Affairs Minister Dominic LeBlanc. A lot of lawyers on this list. Let's see how they enjoy Oh, I bet there are. Oh, I bet they will. Look, it's up to them whether they can, um, that will, whether the judge will see their, you know, confidential cabinet uh, discussions. You know, they have that power to make sure that their, their black markers working really well. It'll be interesting to see what comes out and what doesn't. Both sides could lose on this. Pierre Pauly ever could lose if they find out a whole bunch of people were really radical and extreme. The Trudeau government could lose badly if it find, you know, when we find out that they didn't justify the use of this Emergencies Act. But I do think it's interesting because you guys got your hands on documents that the federal spy agency uh, issued secret memos that said, um, you know, there was no infiltration by the Nazis. And so this lone swastika flag, which really became a huge look, I'm happy when anyone speaks out against anti-Semitism. But this was, I mean, as CISA said, look, these, these fringe groups will attach themselves to these kinds of protests. This was not what we consider, um, you know, evidence of, of mass hate. Correct? One flag. Correct. CSIS. This is the federal spy agency. They say in a secret memo written at the time, not with the benefit of hindsight, written on the spot. They say, you know, we do have freedom of expression in this country. As repulsive as the Nazi flag may be, that does not imply infiltration, Nazi insurrection, a far-right crazy plot to topple the 44th Parliament, which you'll recall was the line from Cabinet used to justify the Emergencies Act. In other words, the date this memo was written, February 9th, that's five days before Cabinet invokes the, drops the Valentine's Day hammer on the Emergencies Act, five days mm. before their own internal report from the spy agency. CISA says, we don't, we're not seeing it. This, this looks like people who don't like vaccine mandates. You know, Alex, you mentioned that this inquiry could go either way. But let's be frank. If cabinet had any evidence that what they said was true, I don't think they would have kept that secret for the last five months. Why wouldn't you tell the world? But they didn't. And I don't think they did because the evidence doesn't exist. I guess we'll find out. Or they just don't really actually understand what hate is. Because on Friday, there were these meetings to discuss the Laith Maroof issue, where, you know, you've got Ahmed Hussein, the diversity minister, in front of a Commons Heritage Committee, where he's being questioned about, like, how did this happen? How did this Jew hater who talked about shooting Jews, how did he get hired? And he ragged the puck, and he ran out the clock, and he basically, you know, tried to justify what's unjustifiable. But he did admit they knew a month before it came out in public that this was going on and just didn't bother to do anything. He did nothing. The, uh, if you speak to federal contractors, and we do. It's a big deal to get a $133,000 federal contract without asking for it. Think about it. $133,000 from the Department of Canadian Heritage with a phone call. And this 
guy, this anti-Semite, who had a 20-year history of expressing violent thoughts. That's what the kids call it today, violent language. When you fantasize on Twitter about shooting Jews, this was a matter of record for anyone who wanted to do a Google search. As the member for Thornhill, MP Lansman, pointed out, they, didn't, they couldn't even bother doing a five-minute Google search. This guy had friends. I'm not saying there's a nest of Nazis in the Department of Canadian Heritage. Only cabinet throws around those allegations. What I'm saying is someone liked this guy, and someone mm -hmm. decided he deserved a big, fat contract, and so he got one. And now the question is, do tell, who was that person? Oh, well, now everyone has, uh, there's an outbreak of amnesia. Talk about a pandemic of amnesia. Hassan doesn't know. It was like that when I got here. I wasn't minister at the time. It's all unbelievably complicated. This is a place where accountability goes to die, Alex. Parliament Hill, it is a desert of accountability. It sure, it certainly is. Pablo Rodriguez, the actual minister on that, nowhere to be found. No one gets fired. For this government, whenever they, you know, ex, you know, express their absolute, um, shock of all shock about the hate and all these things that are there against, barely a ripple of, of concern about hiring a, a Jew hater that the CRTC apparently found quite a bit of value in. I mean, there's so much more to this story. Um, but that no one, no one's head has rolled for it tells you all you need to know, I think, or Canadians need to know about how concerned this government is about uh, hate. And, uh, and to your point on accountability, it doesn't exist. It just doesn't yeah, exist. No, but, you know, this this uh, contractor, he had the secret handshake. There's no doubt about it. He had the, he had the inside track. Yeah, no question about it, because he got about, what, half a million dollars in total. All right, Tom, uh, it's going to be some fun times. Get the popcorn ready. We always appreciate it. We'll chat with you Thursday. Thanks, Alex. That is Tom Korski, managing editor of Black Locks Reporter. And yes, it's going to be busy. That is a subscription-based uh, magazine. They do deliver every cent. That is why I've been using them for uh, years, because they get the goods. And uh, I'm going to go through the list of who's testifying. Oh, there's Tamara Litch, Patrick King. Oh, yeah, all of them are on that. Dominic LeBlanc.